Hello and welcome to Damn, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses. My name is Doug and these are my acute mental neuroses. This is going to be a weird one. I'm literally going to slam through the list you cannot see in order, which means none of this will make any more sense than the last 125 episodes. First off, at the day job, I was talking to my boss, a co-worker, and I described this show, and I said, it's what's bothering me this week. It could be something that happened 17 years ago with my dad. It could be how Smurfs reproduce. It could be how Godzilla reproduces. It could be the end of Ghostbusters 2, which I'm not going to get off uh, again about. It could be how weird I am eating food in front of people. And he basically said... It's like you're having a drunk conversation while being sober. And I went, well, for the most part. I mean, this is the Blood Alcohol Content Network, and there are episodes of this I've done drunk. This might be one of them. So I want to get off on a high note. Uh, they're all high notes, actually. There's no uh, anxieties or neuroses. It's just me being weird and the thoughts that creep up in my horrible skull uh, for the next however long this episode is. Lately, um, I've been hounded by a collection agency, and it's they're in the wrong. I'm like, I don't owe you money. You're out of your fucking minds. And this went so far as to meet with a court-ordered mediator um, with the collection agency agent, I guess you'd call them representative. And when he brought this up to me, uh, he put this in front of the mediator and he said, look, I bought a list from a list from a list from a guy who says he owes me money. And I went, so you have like 12 year old information. It's based on hearsay. And what are you going to do? I literally was like, do something lunchbox. Uh, to quote a Kevin Smith movie, they did nothing. I went up to the mediator and went, he has nothing. Um, I don't owe this money. He bought a bad list. What do I do? And she goes, give him an offer. And I said, zero. And he took it. So this is a very Doug versus Goliath thing. Because in terms of... Collection agencies, they want you to feel intimidated. They want you to feel afraid. Um, most people do not show up to the initial subpoena. Yes, I was subpoenaed. Um, I showed up for that because I was like, fuck you. I don't owe you money. I'm not scared of you. Most people do not show up for that. Get a default judgment. If they do show up to that, they file the proper paperwork. They don't show up to the mediation. There's a default judgment. I showed up to the de uh, the mediation and went, you're out of your fucking minds. Prove it. And they went, we can't. We're going to let this one go. Well, of course they will. Because I don't owe them money. Most... Collection agencies uh, only have up to two years' worth of information. That is a far cry from the statute of limitations, which is seven years in Colorado. Um, I'm not sure about other states. That could be federal. That's a Google question, not a this show question. So all I'm saying is if you're in dire straits and you're listening to this, show up. 
don't let the default judgment fuck you out of money you don't owe, out of money you actually may owe. Just show up and go, prove it. It's on them. They can't. You don't. The end. So I beat a giant fucking collections conglomerate and won just by showing up, regardless of me owing the money or not. Had I owed, had I owed the money, they wouldn't have been able to prove it, which means I would still be off the hook for... They were trying to get me for $6,000, which, like I said, I didn't owe. But if I did, I would have been off the hook for that. So, hey, show up. Put in the effort, uh, which is like a good life lesson, I guess. Like, you know, put in uh, or go in, show the effort, and things will work out. Uh, good work, does, uh, you know, receives good results, I guess. Next. This is a weird one. Like I said, I'm going to slam to this list in order that I wrote it. So it's going to be a weird episode. You never see dead squirrels. I mean, yeah, one out of every hundred times they come to your yard, there's a squirrel, but a die of probably heart disease because they're so hypertensive. But like out of those 99 squirrel corpses, where are they? Isn't that weird? Like, you never see dead rabbits outside of roadkill or in a fox's mouth. Sure, a cat may get them. But once again, just based on the law of averages, just based on statistics, where are all these corpses going? Do they eat them? Do they intern them? Which gets into a larger question, like, is there some kind of squirrel Valhalla, a squirrel graveyard I'm not aware of? In the trees by my home, are there just, like, like rings of a tree, but, like, on the inside, like, are there just rings of squirrel cemeteries? That makes me think. It should make you think about dead squirrels. Uh, next, how I feel about damn. This is a little... Close to the heart. I've been doing this for 126 episodes, and I'm not stopping. But I started to think about, like, what this show's done for me. What I've done for this show. And what I've done for this show is absolutely nothing. But what this show has done for me has given me an outlet to get all of this weird shit out of my life. Whether it's, like I said, at the top of the show... It's stuff about my dad. It's stuff about what's going on with me in a collection agency, which is bullshit. I'm just so proud of that. Anyway, um, whether it's where did dead squirrels go, about catnip effects, which we'll talk about later. This show has given me an outlet, and it's going to lead into something I'm going to talk about near the end of the show as well, which is a sense of self-esteem. This show has done so much for me, and for those of you poor bastards that listen to this, thank you. Thank you. I can't imagine what it's like listening to this. You know, Deb bought me the Hyperbole and a Half uh, book a couple of years ago, and she was really worried about how I, I might absorb uh, her psychological tics, and I didn't. So I worry about you guys 
listening to this and going, oh, shit, where do dead squirrels go? Or what did my dad do? Or what? how bad did my parents fuck up? And how bad did that fuck me up? So I'm glad that you've taken kind of the leap of faith and listened to this. Um, it's done a lot for me. Obviously. Um, if you listen to it from the very beginning, it started as me ending a very intense therapy session uh, over two years and going, well, what do I do now? And I started this podcast. That's what I did then. And even now, 126 episodes later, it's still helping me. What can I say about that to you? Talk about your problems. Talk about it to a computer. Talk about it to a significant other. Talk about it to a best friend. A close friend. Just a friend. Don't do it to random strangers. I've done that. It doesn't end well. And don't do it to any uh, girl at a bar or guy at a bar. Uh, I don't know who you are. It, it could be a girl. It could be gay. I don't know. But don't talk about it to a potential romantic conquest uh, because you will fuck your shit up. Uh, right there. So chickity check yourself before you rickety wreck yourself on that one. Next, let's talk about the fact that I fell down a wiki hole about catnip. Now, this seems weird. I am borderline allergic to cats. I am not borderline, do not like them at all. Um, I don't wish harm upon living creatures, but whenever I hear a cat died, there's a little less evil in the world. I'm pretty sure Hitler was a cat, but or Hitler had a cat. Or there's some kind of connotation between Hitler and cats. I'm just saying. Um, whenever your cat runs away, I'm pretty sure it's on the moon, collaborating with Nazis, and I beg you to prove me wrong. Beg you. But that they said catnip has the same effect on cats as the drugs LSD uh, has on humans. I want to see the tests. This is such an odd thing for me to read because it's like, how do they know? Like, did they do tests on humans on LSD and then tests on cats on catnip and go, yep, those line up? Or was it just kind of a weird coincidence in that, that the EKGs or whatever lined up with people on LSD with cats on catnip. How do you even know? How do you get into a cat's brain? That's what I want to know. I mean, I know you know, you, you say, I know what my cat is thinking. No, you don't. It's a fucking cat. And they're fucking mischievous. They're borderline gods of mischief. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say uh, a Loki outright, but I'm sure his effects are felt on that one. Um, they're dicks. They are maybe not gods, but I would say uh, demigods of a uh, lower mischief. Um, if I were to classify cats in general. Next, we talked about this a little bit about how damn has affected me. I shave regularly. I obviously shower every day, so forth, so on. Um, I have to, I have to take pride in my appearance based on my new day job, which is hospitality based at a company I am still not going to say, but you may have stayed at them. I guarantee it. I haven't gone out since I've 
started working there. But the fact that, like, I'm taking pride in my appearance, I'm earning a decent wage, I'm feeling respected and recognized at my job, I'm having the time to get all of this, uh, all of the network stuff done uh, and be productive. And I was, like, in the shower one day, just scrubbing my totally cut body down. I'm, it's my show. I can say what I want. Um, I'm totally not cut, but, uh, I have lost a lot of weight at this job. So I'm not cut, but I'm not as round as I used to be. But I suddenly felt this feeling, an elation, if you will. And I realized, holy fuck, this is self-esteem, <laughs> positive self-esteem. This is confidence. It is so foreign to me. If you've once again listened to the first episode till now, there's a huge arc, 126 episodes to be exact. But this is really weird and really cool that and really awesome that I feel confidence and a positive self-esteem where I take pride in my appearance. I I'm I'm never unshaven for more than tops three days. I know I need a haircut right now and you can't see that. But I do, um, and I'm going to get a haircut tomorrow um, as I go out and do responsible things like get the recall notice on my car fixed, because that's what responsible adults do, um, I guess. I mean, fuck it, the recall's on a passenger airbag. I'm like, well, fuck my passenger. As long as it doesn't affect me as a driver, who gives a fuck? But I will still get it fixed. But no, like, this sense of well-being is strange and nice it it's something i've strived for for probably almost my entire life and i finally got it like it took several years not gonna say how many more than 30 but it did take a lot of time to get there and it feels really good so i'm really happy with that and i want to maintain that which implies I'll probably stay with this little part-time day job. Uh, I'll keep rocking out of the network and keep feeling good about myself, which is something I haven't done in a while. And lastly, this brings an addendum to, did I stutter that? Did I, yeah, addendum to last week. I talked about Brandon, my friend, uh, who's on D20 Proof with me, as well as Lizzie. Um, which means I have to be very careful about what I say on this one in terms of this topic. He's a better dungeon master than I am. He's a better DM. And I talked last week about wanting to be a better DM. And my brain has been on fucking fire for the next world that D20 Proof We'll see. I can't say that much because I know both Brandon and Lizzie listen to this. But I can say I've added more obstacles. I've added more background story to the world itself. Everything I said that Brandon did on the last world, I'm doing on this world. And I feel pretty fucking good. And it's kind of, once again, sparked that writer spark in me which I talked about last week where I talked about uh, reading Transmetropolitan 
and I'm reading the new Chuck Palahniuk, which, of course, always excites me. Uh, Beautiful You, and I will talk about that on No Applause, Just to Clap. Uh, When this comes out, it'll be next week that I talk about that. But yeah, just wanting to be a better writer. And I don't think Brandon sees himself as a writer, as a creator, outside of the D&D realm. But you know what? Outside of that D&D realm, he absolutely is. He created a whole world. He had multiple princes, more than two princes. So fuck you, spin doctors. He built this immersive world that we did not even really get into um, based on the speed of the game, uh, based on Brandon not liking the mechanics of the new D&D. But, you know, I'm kind of ambivalent to the new rules, so I kind of want to keep it going. He talked about changing the show after a certain point. I don't know how I feel about that. I think it'd be a fun aside maybe for an episode or an episode here and there or an episode or two, but I want to kind of keep it still a tabletop-based game which I would love D&D because it's still an ongoing story. I'm looking at the time. This has gone longer than most episodes. It's because I went through it chronologically, and I hope you enjoyed it. So that's it. That's the list you cannot see. So from Dam, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, I'm Doug. And from Dam, Doug's Acute Mental Neuroses, these have not been my acute mental neuroses, I've mostly been bitching about animals. Good night, Internet. Oh, yeah. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!